Hello, beloveds. Welcome to Erotically Embodied, the podcast, a space for real conversations about holistic sexuality and women's pleasure. I'm your host, Jen Baliki. I'm a self-love and sexuality coach who's obsessed with helping as many women as I can to reclaim, honor, and even celebrate their authentic sexual selves. Together we'll be exploring embodiment, pleasure expansion, and modern science as it relates to sexuality, and so much more. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hello gorgeous souls, welcome to episode 2 of the podcast. My name is Jen. I'm really excited to be here today talking about a subject that I'm extremely passionate about and something that really fuels a lot of the work that I'm doing. If you're here listening, I just want to take this moment to say that I truly appreciate you so much and I really hope that you'll be able to take something away from this episode It really is such an important topic in the world of sexuality. We're talking today about disconnection and disembodiment, why it's so important, how it's connected to our sexual expression, how it relates to our ability to ask for what we truly want and need, and perhaps more importantly, how it relates to the world of consent and our ability to set healthy and honest boundaries with ourselves and with others. I will just mention that in this episode I touch ever so slightly on the concept of sexual abuse and sexual trauma. So please just make sure that you listen with caution. If these topics do affect you in any way, please make sure that you ask a friend or family member for support if you need it. And please remember to take care of yourself always. So let's start with an overview. Disembodiment is essentially a lack of connection or communication with the body and I also like to describe it as a lack of connection with our authenticity. It's a disconnect from our truth and our true essence or the power that innately lives inside of us. And why is this topic so important? Well, Western society is arguably one of the most disconnected in the entire world and disembodiment is extremely common. I mean, let's think about it. Our modern society calls for us to live in such a way that sees us cut off from nature, working in unnatural environments, obsessed and reliant on technology, with economic growth and money at the forefront of our minds. Emotions and intuition are not really welcome in this environment, so over time we've learned to disconnect from those parts of us. Mental strength and logic is preferred and more valued in most organisations, especially in the corporate world, where many of us spend a huge amount of our life because that's where our careers are based. Over time, as a collective, we've become resistant to the messages that the body sends us because these messages sometimes don't make logical sense or we've actually been shamed from expressing our emotions and following our innate truth. If you feel like you can 100% relate to this, please keep listening because I am going to give you a couple of tools that you could begin to utilize straight away just to help you connect back into your body. So I'm not here to change anyone's belief system or to turn anyone against logical decision making. Of course the mind is extremely powerful and important aspect of our life, 
But research and studies are beginning to shed light on the importance of the body and how important it is to let the body be part of the conversation of our lives. The body has so much wisdom to share with us about our experiences and anything going on inside and outside of us. Our body will either expand or contract in response to our environment or certain stimuli. But when we're so detached from these subtle signals and we're so focused on all the stories our mind has, we tend to make decisions or move towards that which we really don't authentically want or need or things that are just not in our best interest or aren't in service of our higher good. When we give the mind so much power, we tend to devalue the body and come up with thousands of logical reasons why we should or shouldn't do something. So let's think about this in terms of a sexual context because we are having conversations about the world of sexuality on this podcast. When you're intimate with someone and your body starts sending signals that it perhaps doesn't want to be there or doesn't want to do something, these signals can be really subtle and may not feel like much. So if you're not used to connecting with the body on a day-to-day basis, you might not really even notice the signals. Or what's potentially more likely to happen is when uncomfortable feelings and emotions arise that we don't want to face, our mind will make up a story to encourage you to ignore the messages and just push through the experience regardless of how you're feeling. In the short term, um, I mean you might decide that there are benefits to this, but they're probably related to that of pleasing another person or keeping another person comfortable, which encourages even more distance from your own truth and your own body. What actually happens since All of our experiences land in the body first and foremost. Any emotion as a result of that experience that we ignored or pushed away hasn't been acknowledged. And when it hasn't been acknowledged, we're not able to release it effectively. So it gets stuck somewhere and it will become stagnant. Of course, when we don't move those emotions, they begin to move us. Listen to that again. When we don't move emotions, they begin to move us. And they will manifest as stress, anger, physical tension, pain, depression, anxiety, feelings of low self-worth. We may feel a lack of inspiration, a lack of creativity. We may feel numb, flat, close-hearted. Very often, these feelings lead us to look towards even more external sources to fill the emptiness or to heal the pain like food, drugs, alcohol, and even sex. We're also likely to take further actions that are not in alignment with our true desires because maybe we don't even understand what our true needs and desires are or we don't know how to ask for them. We can be so fixated on what everyone else needs and wants from us that we devalue our own desires and wants and actually put them first. So you can see how that can turn into an endless and ongoing cycle of constantly searching to either please someone else or gain control over your feelings by turning to external factors. So in some cases, disconnection can result from a feeling that it's no longer safe to inhabit the body. So moving towards these external solutions instead, like food or alcohol, or actions that allow us to be present for everyone else, are the only way that some people can feel free from the overwhelming thoughts that our mind is continuously creating and the tension that our body creates all of which just takes us further away from our body, further away from our authenticity, and further away from pleasure and our ability to feel in any direction. 
I want to also talk about how disconnection affects our ability specifically to feel pleasure. And I'd like to strongly premise this by saying that I don't see any, necess any necessity in trudging up old painful memories, especially if you're not in a therapeutic environment, because obviously this can lead to further pain, further anxiety and disconnection. But what I would like to mention is how the practice of moving towards sensation can allow us to inhabit the body more fully and support us in exploring pleasure and expression of our sexual wants, needs and desires in a far healthier way. So moving towards sensation could look like a number of things, but uh, firstly, it could look like meditation with a focus on everything you can feel in the body and using your breath to calm the nervous system whilst allowing areas of tension to soften. This can support you in creating a felt sense of safety in the body, which is really important in order for us to open into more pleasure. If the body feels unsafe, the body's not gonna open. It's not going to soften and it's not going to be able to surrender into the present moment. Moving towards sensation could also look like a movement practice where instead of following a structure of movement, you organically move how your body wants you to with a focus on noticing how sensations are moving and shifting in your body. Um, for me, the modality of movement is a very fluid, almost animalistic form of yoga where I really like to encourage myself or encourage people to move as if it was an expression of how they're showing up in the moment. Um, yoga just feels extremely natural to me and I think I just I like being kind of on my hands and on my knees <laughs> um, so that really serves me but it may not for you for other people this could be dance um, it doesn't really matter what the movement is as long as you're not forcing anything because it looks like the way you think it should but just closing your eyes and drawing your attention onto everything you can feel in the moment without any judgment it could also look like taking the time to express an emotion that you feel in a safe place so that the emotion is able to be acknowledged, felt, expressed, and then effectively released. If you're angry, let yourself scream. If you're sad, allow yourself to cry. If you're jealous, which is a really sticky, horrible feeling emotion, can you allow yourself to actually sit in the stickiness of that emotion and watch how it dissipates by giving it your full non-judgmental attention. Every time we stop ourselves from feeling an intense emotion, we build layers and layers on top of one another, which become like walls of a prison and they block our ability to express our authenticity. If we don't feel safe to be present with the body, we can have a lot of fear surrounding the idea of being still because usually when we slow down, it's actually the mind that takes over and won't let us relax and won't let us be with the body. A common thing that happens is when tension is felt in the body, the mind makes up a story and by associating a story to the felt sense of tension or discomfort, the feeling could be magnified and it can evolve into fear and anxiety, which then causes more tension to build up and it just gets louder and louder and louder. And of course that becomes more difficult for us to deal with. The key is to notice your thoughts as simply thoughts and then return back to the body as quickly as you can, which ultimately lets the story of the mind dissolve. If you experience something like this, I do recommend that you reach out and we can have a discussion to see how I could support you. I'd like to add here that it's important to remember that your emotions cannot hurt you unless given the power to do so. 
You are safe in the body. The body is your home and she's only ever trying to protect you. So if disembodiment is a coping mechanism to cut us off from negative emotions and sensations, we're also by default then cut off from more pleasurable sensations or emotions. It's almost as if we need to create space to feel the pleasure. And the way to create more spaciousness and a feeling of more connection, safety and openness is firstly to breathe. Let your nervous system regulate into a more restful state. It takes on average three deep and meaningful breaths to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And then secondly, once you've began to regulate the nervous system, once you're connected to your breath, you can then be more aware and more present with yourself. So I think it's really important to talk a little bit here about how, as women, we often engage in penetrative sex before our bodies are actually ready for it. Usually this could be because we're just so used to rushing through everything in our lives and our minds are telling us about all the other shit that we have to get on with. Or very commonly in heterosexual relationships especially, women may force early penetration because their male partner is ready and they either don't feel that it's okay to take longer to reach the state of arousal or we're disconnected from the body so much that we can't really even tell when we're fully aroused. I want to point out here that on average it takes men around five minutes for the network of arousal to be activated, whereas it can take around 20 minutes for women, which is a significant difference, and without the connection to our body and our sexual space specifically through self-pleasure and awareness, we may not be able to tell if our body needs more time to reach that state of arousal. So what can happen here is that firstly, without giving our bodies a good amount of time to become aroused, Penetrative sex just won't be as pleasurable because some internal areas like the G-spot are just not as sensitive. Secondly, what could also happen is that although our mind perceives the event as acceptable, our body may have recorded the event in a different way. Remember, as I said before, our experiences land in the body first and our body will either open and expand or close and contract in response to those experiences. So our bodies may record this event very differently to how your mind did. She may feel that she was penetrated time and time again before she was ready, which caused her to contract and close up, resulting in a feeling of unsafety or numbness, which over time could also result in a buildup of pelvic tension. Ignoring the messages that the body sends us can cause us to repeat this type of behavior to please others and avoid uncomfortable situations that takes us further away from the body and potentially causes chronic tension and dis-ease that we then just don't really even know where it came from. The feeling of disconnection can also be related to living in a chronic state of stress and anxiety which we see far too much of in our modern society. Like I mentioned before, we live in such a way that sees us working and living in totally unnatural environments, reliant on technology and totally cut off from nature and cut off from each other. When we don't allow ourselves to connect enough with nature, our friends, our family, um, or ourselves, we are susceptible to large amounts of stress from overworking and trying to be everything from for everyone else in hyper-masculine environments. Daily tasks, conversations, and triggers that make us feel overwhelmed push our nervous system into a sympathetic state where we're always in overdrive and not allowing ourselves to relax. When our sympathetic nervous system is activated, which is the system responsible for our fight and flight responses, 
our body will naturally try to shut down anything that it sees as unnecessary for our survival, like sex drive and the sensations of pleasure. Not to mention certain stress hormones can interfere with sex hormones, so disconnection caused by stress can also cause low libido and just a lack of sexual desire or the ability to fully enjoy sexual encounters. So I really hope that you can start to see the many reasons why embodiment or more frequent connection to the body is really, really crucial in supporting our authentic sexual expression and our intimate relationships. Unfortunately, in this world, we all know that terrible things happen. Sexual violence happens and in a state of survival, as our instinctual bodies take over and our sympathetic nervous system is highly activated, we often don't have control over our reactions. Fight, flight and freeze are all involuntary reactions and our body's primitive and instinctual way of keeping us as safe as possible. I believe that no matter how intelligent our mind is, it can't always support us in decision making and our bodies are the powerful tool that we could utilize to keep us safe as a preventative method. Something I've become extremely passionate about in recent weeks um, is the large amount of organizations in the spiritual and wellness space that are using very questionable techniques and exercises to draw in vulnerable people under the guise of healing and transformation. And guys, this is a really serious issue that I really don't think is spoken about nearly enough, so I would love for you to be aware of this because the more you know about the wellness industry, the more aware and just the more prepared that you can be. So I recently heard of one specific company called One Taste, who capitalized on teaching a practice known as org orgasmic meditation, otherwise known as OM, to vulnerable women under the false claim that they can heal sexual trauma. You can actually check out a podcast called The Orgasm Cult, which describes this organization in huge detail if you're interested. I strongly recommend that you do listen to this podcast. Um, the organization is currently being investigated by the FBI after numerous accounts were made about the sexual abuse of women and they've been criticized as well for using sex as a way to enroll new clients. I know that One Taste is not the only company out there. This type of disgusting behavior is happening all over the world and yes, these organizations 100% should be held accountable for their actions. But I also believe that embodiment can help to keep ourselves safe from organizations like this. I mentioned earlier how being disconnected from our own body's feedback of an environment or experience can lead us to value other people's opinions and suggestions above our own because we simply don't understand what's best for us. This means that we are then vulnerable to persuasion and coercion and these are tools that are often used by these organizations to enroll people into their courses and workshops. So basically this story among so many others just made me so angry and it literally lit a fire under my ass and propelled me into action wanting to try and be a part not only of the solution to these issues, but offer preventative tools so that women can feel empowered to say no when they mean no and walk away. I'm by no means an expert on the issues of abuse, but I do feel a duty in my soul to simply try and help and support where I can and use the knowledge that I have at this point in time to hopefully change someone's life and prevent something terrible from happening. By listening to our body on a more regular basis, we can begin to feel when our body says no and when our body says yes. Remember that when your body sends you a signal that something may be off or wrong or seems strange and uncomfortable, it probably is. Please listen to her. 
she knows more than your mind can tell you. I really do believe that by practicing embodiment, which is simply a practice of coming back to your body, we can understand ourselves better, understand the messages our body sends us more clearly, we can practice listening to what she needs, practice enforcing our boundaries, and simply feel more empowered to do so because we'll be that much more in touch with our authentic selves. I want to finish up by mentioning that the examples I've given today surrounding disconnection and how I determine disembodiment are not the same as dissociation, which is a common response to a traumatic event where individuals can actually feel totally separated from their body and may even experience feeling as if they're outside of their bodies looking down at themselves. This type of dissociation is often an involuntary survival response which enables the individual to cope with an event that would otherwise be unbearable. So essentially reducing the pain that is felt in the body because by dissociating from the body, it's as if they are not the ones experiencing that pain. You don't have to have experienced a traumatic event to be disconnected from the body, which is why I believe that the information I've shared here is extremely valuable to honestly everybody in terms of understanding themselves, embodying their boundaries, connecting with their intuition, sexuality, honest expression, and general sense of self. But if you are experiencing dissociation or you know that you've experienced violence or abuse and you're unsure of how to navigate what you're feeling, there are many experts on trauma that you can look up and there are many books that you can read. Um, I'll link these in the show notes below, one of which is Dr. Peter Levine, whose books offer resources to support a healing journey alongside therapy. And as I mentioned earlier, I do not advise going into the depths of healing from something traumatic unless in a truly therapeutic environment with a trained and qualified therapist or practitioner. So my loves, this brings me to a close for today. It is my absolute pleasure to be here and chat to you about these really important topics. And as always, I'm just so thankful that you've chosen to be a part of my podcasting journey. If you have any questions about the topics I've covered, please do let me know. You can reach out to me on Instagram at jembaliki, that's G-E-M-B-A-L-I-C-K-I. If you enjoyed the episode, please do subscribe, send me a message and let me know, leave a review. Um, don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think might need it. And if I can support you in any way at all, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I am always here for you and I'm sending you so much love. Don't forget to come and find me over on Instagram at jembaliki, that's G-E-M-B-A-L-I-C-K-I. I cannot thank you enough for being here, and until next time, I'm sending you all so much love. This podcast is sponsored by Erotically Embodied, my ebook for women ready to connect more with their sensuality, expand her pleasure potential with all of life, and feel an unshakable adoration for the sensually alive woman she knows she's here to be. You can purchase your copy at jambaliki.com, that's G-M-B-A-L-I-C-K-I dot com. Wishing you all a beautiful and expansive day.